There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about social anxiety. All right? Because social anxiety is something that we all feel at one point or another during social interactions, right? I get the impression that social anxiety is becoming more and more common with the advances in technology and social media. It's like it's getting easier and easier for people to interact with each other in artificial ways. Now, this means that people have less reasons to interact with others in a more natural way, like speaking face to face, for example. Now, you might think this is actually a good thing for a socially anxious person because they can, you know, hide behind their cell phone screen and communicate freely with the world. Right. No problem. No stress. But what happens when they have to go outside? And talk to real people again. Right? That anxiety always comes back. And there's nothing wrong with social media in itself. There's nothing wrong with electronic devices in themselves. Just like there's nothing wrong with alcohol, for example. But if you start to abuse it and you can't learn to live without it, you're going to have a serious problem on your hands. Now, wouldn't it be nice if you could learn a way to have the best of both worlds? authentic human interaction and a connection to the world through this wonderful technology that we have today. Anxiety is something that I personally have dealt with for many years of my life. You know, I've had several panic attacks or anxiety attacks. I've run away from numerous social interactions and I've wasted many opportunities to grow as a person, all because of the anxiety I would get from interacting with other people. However, instead of telling my own personal story in this episode, I'd like to play some audio clips from my mentor, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. I've mentioned him on this podcast before, and I'm sure I will mention him many times again in the future. Dr. Peterson 
is directly responsible for much of my own personal growth and who I am today. You know, I can genuinely say this man saved my life. All right. So it's always a pleasure for me to be able to share his message and his teachings with other people. So I'm going to play three audio clips from Dr. Peterson talking about how you can start to overcome the feelings of anxiety that we all feel at one point or another. And after each clip, I'll summarize what was said and maybe share some personal opinions as well. All right. So we got a lot to cover in this episode. So let's get started. All right. Let's uh, play the first clip. Look, let's say you're socially anxious. Okay. so what happens when you're socially anxious? You go to a party, your heart's beating. Why? The party is a monster. Why? Because it's judging you. And it's judging you, it's putting you low down the dominance hierarchy, because that's what a negative judgment is. And that interferes with your sexual success. And that means that you're being harshly evaluated by nature itself. Right? So you are confronting the, the dragon of chaos when you go into the social situation. And so what do you do? You're like this, right? You hunch over, and that's low dominance. I'm no threat. It's like, well, that's not going to get you very far. You know, but that's a logical thing to do in, in, the, in, in the face of a tyrant. So I'm no threat. You know, you look at the king and you're dead. I'm no threat. I'm hunched over. And then what's happening internally? How are, what are people thinking about me? What are people thinking about me? Am, am I looking stupid? Am I looking foolish? Geez, I'm awkward. I hate being here. Man, I'm sweating too much. It's all internalized, right? It's all self-focused. The, the, the eye isn't work. The eye isn't working. What do you tell people? Stop. Don't stop thinking about yourself. Because you can't. It's like, don't think of a white elephant. White elephant, white elephant, white elephant. You can't tell someone to stop thinking about something because they get caught in a loop. What you do with socially anxious people is you say, look at other people. Look at them. Right? Why? Because if you look at them, you can tell what they're thinking. And then you, you're, unless, you're, unless you're terribly socialized, and some people are, some people have no social skills. And so the reason they can't go to a party is because they don't even know how to introduce themselves. Like they're just, no one ever taught them how to behave. And so they're really good candidates for behavior therapy. Because you walk them through the process of how you actually manifest the procedures that are associated with social acceptability. But most people aren't like that. They have the ability. So if they're really introverted and high in neuroticism, they can usually talk quite well to someone one-on-one. -on -one. Why? Because they look at them. Well, if I look at you, it's another thing to do if you're ever speaking to a group of people. Never speak to the group of people. It doesn't exist. You talk to individuals. And then they reflect for you the entire group. Because they're all entrained. So you look at one person, they broadcast to you what everyone's thinking, and you know how to talk to one person. So it's easy. And so as soon as you focus on the person, not you, Push your attention outward. Use your eye. You push your attention outward and you start watching. Well, then all your automatic mechanisms kick in and you stop being awkward. Because if we're talking and I'm looking here, I don't know what you're going to do next. And I'm going to put disjunctions into the, like, they're like uh, bad chords in the melody of our, of our conversation. And the reason is I'm not paying attention. So that's why the eye is the thing at the top of the pyramid. It's like, the thing that enables you to win the set of all possible dominance hierarchies is the I. Pay attention. Pay attention. That's the critical issue. 
That's why the Egyptians worshipped Horus. That's why Horus was the thing that rescued Osiris from the, from the depths. It's the capacity to pay attention. What do you pay attention to most? What your right hemisphere signals as anomalous. It, it, it attracts your attention. It's like, this isn't going quite right. I'm not looking at that. Wrong! That's what you look at. That's what you look at. What's not going right, because that's... See, that's the terrible monster that might eat you, but it's also the place you get all the information. So, that's why it's useful to have discussions with your enemies. Because they will tell you things you do not know. And that's such a great thing, because if you don't know them, well, you're not very smart, are you? You know, there may be a time when you go somewhere, that's the thing you need to know. And maybe your enemy will tell you why you're such a fool. You know, and a bunch of other things that aren't true, too. But, even one thing that's accurate, it's like, yeah, thanks very much, man, maybe I'll do some work on that, and I won't have to carry that forward. So, and then that's part of the reason, again, why the terrible predator, it's always the terrible predator that has the gold. It's like, it's the person who delivers the message you do not want to hear. So it's rough, it's rough, but it doesn't matter, life is rough. All right, so now I'd just like to kind of summarize and talk about uh, what was said in that last audio clip. Now, one of the first things that I have here is, or one of the first things I understood was that you shouldn't be ashamed of your anxiety. I think it's, it's normal to feel that way. Anxiety is a natural human emotion. You know what I mean? You just need to understand that there is a way to overcome that you know it's not enough to just say oh i'm an anxious person i always deal with anxiety and i don't know what to do that's not enough because then your situation never changes you never grow you just keep doing the same shit over and over again so you need to just understand there is a way to overcome your anxiety and also understand that it will never go away completely like i said it's a natural human emotion so i don't think you can just delete emotions from your brain and never feel them again the trick is learning how to deal with it what to do when you feel that emotion is what's most important in this situation or in this context let's say and uh nobody's saying it's gonna be easy but it is very simple you know most situations to uh the biggest problems that we have in our personal lives uh the biggest problems we have let's say internally the 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 solutions are quite simple they're just difficult and there's a difference between simplicity and facility just like there's a difference between complexity and difficulty right so it's simple it's just not it's not always going to be easy so just remember that you know and then uh jordan goes on to talk about the fact that we as socially anxious people we have a really bad habit of getting so deep into our own heads. You know, we're, we're constantly thinking, man, I sound stupid. That was dumb. I look weird. I'm awkward. What are they thinking about me? Am I standing correctly? How did that sound to them? What do they think about what I just said? All of these things are going on inside of our heads. So we're no longer paying attention to what's happening around us. So like you said, you can't stop thinking about yourself. You can't say stop thinking about that because all you're going to do is think more about that, right? Like don't think of a white elephant and then all you can see in your mind is a white elephant, right? So the trick is to just start thinking about other people. Don't stop thinking about yourself, but think about the person you're talking to or think about the people you're talking to. 
You know what I mean? You need to look at other people. And that's one thing that you'll probably notice a lot of times if you live, especially in a big city, but I think anywhere you can just go outside, walk through the city or go to the store or something like that. And you'll notice a lot of people will try to avoid eye contact, especially the anxious ones. You can see eye contact makes them very uncomfortable. They'll do everything they can to not look you in the face, you know. It's a sign of anxiety and not always. Right. But it's it's definitely can be a sign of anxiety, you know, because for some it's like. When you make eye contact with someone, especially if you're anxious, all you can think about is the way that person is seeing you. Right. Or what they think about the fact that you're looking at them. You know, you, you a lot of times you interpret people's eye contact the wrong way. And I can speak on this personally because. I don't think eye contact ever made me uncomfortable, but what I noticed when I was trying to deal with uh, my own anxiety problems is that when you look at the other person and put your attention on the other person, it's kind of hard to feel anxious because I'm not focused on myself and my own feelings. I'm focused on their facial expression, their eye movement, the tone of their voice, the words that they're saying. I don't have time. I don't have the mental capacity to focus on all of that and myself at the same time. You see what I'm saying? So just by looking at other people and putting my attention on the other person, so much of that anxiety diminishes, you see? And not only that, but what you'll realize is that a lot of times when you put your attention on the other person, when you're feeling anxious, you'll start to notice they are just as anxious or nervous or uncomfortable as you are. And obviously that's not all the time. But what I'm saying is you're not the only person that feels this way. You see what I'm saying? Or all of that crazy shit that you were thinking, all of those insecurities you had in your mind, they kind of just disappear because if you're paying attention to the other person, you might actually notice they're responding positively to what you're saying or what you're doing or the way you're behaving. You won't know that unless you pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Like um, me, for example, I'm, I consider myself a very introverted person. And high in neuroticism, like uh, Jordan mentioned in the audio clip. So I identified 100% with what he was saying, the situations he was describing. And just by pushing my attention outwards, I've really been able to, to let's say, overcome those, those feelings of stress and anxiety. And I feel them so much less now when speaking with strangers or new people. Just by constantly, let's say, putting myself in the situation to overcome that anxiety like teaching English online. I'm constantly talking to people all day, every day, new people, people I've known for a while now, and everything in between. You see what I'm saying? So you just need to pay more attention to what's going on around you. That's going to give you feedback. You see what I'm saying? And getting that feedback will give you more security, which will diminish your anxiety. You know. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, how are we doing on time? Oh, we're good. The last thing I wanted to talk about was you need to start going the places that you're most afraid of. Okay, the most valuable things that you want in life are in the scariest places you can find. You see what I'm saying? So you might you might want to be a great communicator. You might want to be a great professional. You might want to be rich. You might want to travel the world. How are you going to do that if you're too afraid to go after these things? You're too afraid to talk to people, you know, 
And not only that, but if you don't talk to people, you don't learn anything. Right? You have to talk to other people, especially people you don't like, people you don't agree with, people you don't understand, or even people you don't want to be around. Because everyone knows something that you don't. So even if you don't like this person, that does not mean that you cannot learn anything from this person. You see, they might give you the information that you need. You see what I'm saying? So it's easy for me to sit here and say, but it's easy for me to say it because I've done it and I'm doing it. You need to, the places that you're most afraid of going to, that's where you need to go. The people that you're most afraid of talking to, those are the people you need to talk to. And you'll see just by paying attention and being present in the moment, pushing your attention outwards and away from yourself, it's a lot easier than you think, man. It's a lot easier. When you get closer, when you get closer to something, you can see it more clearly, I think. Maybe not always. Maybe not always. I shouldn't say that. Because sometimes when you move away, you can get a bigger picture. But what I'm saying is when you get closer to something, sometimes you can see You can see what it really is. Maybe from far away, you can't see exactly what it is or exactly how it works. And I'm talking about people in this context. By getting closer to them, you can study them more closely. You can pay closer attention, you know. And maybe what I'm saying doesn't make any sense. I think I'm rambling at this point. So uh, why don't we get on to the next clip, man? Um, Again, I have two more clips for you. So let's see what else Jordan has to say about overcoming your social anxiety. A very deep idea in clinical psychology, a fundamental idea, which is that if someone's anxious about something, what you do is you, and it's getting in their way, you take what they're anxious about and you define it, because that already delimits it, right? Because one of the problems with being anxious about something is you won't speak of it. It's like Voldemort. And then if you don't speak of it, you, it's way bigger than it should be. As soon as you start talking about it, you cut it down to size. And so, and it, it's for a bunch of reasons. It's because you're not, as afraid, you're not as afraid of as many things as you think, and you're braver than you know, and more, and more capable. So as soon as you're brave enough to start talking about what you're afraid of, then you see that there's more to you than you thought, and that there's less to the problem than you thought, and then you can decompose it further into smaller problems, and then you can figure out how to approach those smaller problems. And so, and then it doesn't seem to me to be that you get less frightened, it seems to be that you get more courageous, which is way better than being less frightened because there's lots of things to be frightened about. So if you're courageous, that that really does the trick. Now the question is, what happens if you, like let's say that you're uh, very socially inept and you don't know how to introduce yourself or to make any, establish the initial parts of a relationship with anyone. And so then you start putting yourself in situations where you're required to do that. And so then the question is, how is it technically that you transform? You say, well, you learn. Well, we want to be more specific about that. What does it mean that you learn? Well, if you're dealing with someone who's particularly socially inept and you're doing psychotherapy with them, you might teach them how to shake someone's hand properly and say their name and remember the other person's name. And so you just practice that with them so that they have the motoric routine down. So that form of knowledge is built right into your body. It's like, look at the person, put out your hand, shake it, don't, not like a dead halibut, but, you know, with a reasonable grip. Say your name, don't mumble it, look, look at them so that they can hear you, and then when they say their name, try to remember it. And, that's, and then, so, you can practice that with people, and so then they develop 
something that's motoric, right? It's embedded right in their body. And so, and then you can say to them, well, the other thing you can do is when you start a conversation is don't sit there thinking about what you're going to say next because then you won't be paying attention to the person and you'll make a fool out of yourself because you'll manifest non sequiturs, right? Because you'll get out of, it's like if you're dancing and all you're paying attention to is where your feet are, then you're going to step on the other person all the time. So you want to pay attention to the other person and then whatever automatized social knowledge you have will come to the forefront. So it's a good thing to know if you're socially anxious, right? If you're socially anxious, one of the things you should do is pay way more attention to the person you're talking to rather than less. And you should pay as little attention as possible to yourself. So if you feel yourself falling in because you're anxious, then what you do is you push your attention out and pay attention to the person. Because to the degree that you've been socialized, then all your automatic responses will kick in. So, but anyway, so you go out into the social world and you learn to shake someone's hand and you learn how to listen to them and ask them questions, because that's the next thing, because people love, you can't just ask them random questions, obviously, but if they start talking to you and you don't understand something about what they're saying or maybe something they said is interesting and you ask them a question, they're pretty damn happy about that because it means you're actually paying attention to them and people actually love to be paid attention to because it hardly ever happens. So they really, really like it. And so, okay, so, so what's happening? Well, first of all, you're mastering the automated motor movements, right? Where to point your eyes, where to put your hands, how to move your lips, like really embodied knowledge. It's a special kind of memory, and you're practicing that. And so that's building new skills for you. And then by listening to the person and watching yourself interact, you're also generating new new abstract information that enables you to conceptualize the world in a different way. So if you go out to ten, you go out and talk to 10 different people, or 50 different people, then you get to listen to what those 50 people said, you get to watch how, they're, how they express themselves, and you gather a corpus of knowledge that changes the way you perceive, that broadens you as a social agent. Okay, so that's two forms of knowledge. But then there's a third one, which is really interesting, which is that, you know, you have a lot of biological potential. And it's hard to know what potential is, but part of it is that you're capable of generating proteins that you haven't been generating. So you should get right on that, by the way. So, but what, the way that works in part is that if you put yourself in a radically new situation, then your brain, that, that there are genetic switches that turn on because of the demands of the new situation that code for new proteins. So it's as if you have latent software, that would be one way of thinking about it, that will only be turned on if you go into the situation where that's necessary. And so then you might think, well, if that's the case, how much of you could be turned on if you went a whole bunch of different places? And that's a really, really, that's a profound question, because one of the deep answers to how you should get your life together is, you should go a very large number of places and turn yourself on. Alright, so in this clip, I'd like to talk about uh, a few more things because he mentioned some of the same things that he mentioned in the first clip. So I'll only try to talk about uh, things that are new, things that haven't been said yet. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was that you need to identify exactly what you're afraid of. And obviously this episode is about social anxiety, so you need to identify what about social interaction gives you so much anxiety why are you so afraid 
Because un- until you can identify what exactly you are afraid of, you cannot overcome that particular fear, right? If you never speak about it, then it's almost like it doesn't exist, even though you know it does. You see what I'm saying? You can't overcome something that you can't see clearly, that you can't, that you can't, uh, let's say, identify. You you understand what I'm saying? And then once you identify these things, you start to you start to see things are not as scary as they appear. They're not as scary as they appear. You say, I'm afraid that the person isn't going to like me. And when you really stop and think about that, it's like, so the fuck what? Who cares? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? I'm afraid they're going to think I'm stupid or I'm not going to be able to express myself the way I would like to. Is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that serious that the person didn't like you, didn't understand you, you sounded stupid? Does it really matter? At the end of the day, five years from now, are you going to remember this day that you tried to talk to somebody and they didn't like you? Does it really matter? No. I mean, you could you could argue that it does. You could argue that it does. Maybe your you know, your dream girl walked out of your life because you fucked up the introduction. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But let's be serious. Let's be serious. One interaction is more a learning experience than a life-changing experience. Hopefully, what I'm trying to say makes sense. So you'll see that things are not as scary as they appear. Getting rejected is not that big of a deal. Not being liked by a particular person is really not a big deal. And not only that, but you'll also see that you are stronger than you think you are. Just by trying to overcome your fears or your difficulties, you start to learn about yourself in a way that you never could before simply because you never put yourself in that stressful situation. You see what I'm saying? So you start to see you're much more capable than you believe that you actually are. And that's going to give you more confidence to continue to move forward. You see what I'm saying? And like Jordan said, and I think I said it in uh, the last explanation or in the last, whatever, the last explanation I did, you don't get less afraid. Like It's not like you're going to stop feeling anxiety one day. Maybe you will. But I don't think you will, because we all feel anxiety at one point or another in our lives. It's a natural emotion. But what happens instead is that you get more courageous. Okay, And the difference is not feeling fear is one thing. It's like, okay, you get put in a situation and at least you're not afraid. But being more courageous means that when you do feel afraid, you don't let that fear stop you. There's a difference. You see what I'm saying? So your your goal should not to be should not be to feel less anxiety. It should actually be to feel more bravery or courageous or more uh, more bravery, more courage, or more confidence. Yeah, that's it. And um, another thing that I wanted to talk about that a lot of people don't understand is that you really need to learn how to listen properly. A lot of people have no idea what it really and truly means to listen to another person. Not just hear what they're saying, but hear it, interpret it, and try to understand it. And when you, and when you don't understand, ask for clarification. That's listening. You see what I'm saying? And you'll find that when you listen to the other person, they'll tell you things that you need to know. You see what I'm saying? Like, for example, you're in an interaction and you're so nervous. 
You're so focused on yourself that you can't hear what the other person is saying. You literally do not hear it. They're talking to you, but the words are not entering your brain because you're so deep inside your own mind. You're so caught and trapped in your own anxiety that you're not listening anymore. You're not listening. That's going to make the interaction even worse, believe it or not. You know, so what you need to try to do is learn how to get engaged in a social interaction and stay engaged. Don't run. Don't hide. Don't shy away. Get engaged. You see what I'm saying? Interact with the person. They're not going to hurt you. Nine, let's say nine times out of ten, almost ten times out of ten, the person is not going to hurt you physically, emotionally or mentally. Right. The monster is not as big as you think it is. So just get engaged. Don't run and ask questions. Listen to what the person is saying and ask questions if you don't understand. And you'll realize that when you're engaged, when you're present and in the moment, focused on the other person, listening to the other person, there there will be this point during the conversation or during the interaction. You won't you'll realize, oh, shit, I'm not even nervous anymore. Right. And when the interaction ends, you'll see, damn, that wasn't even a big deal. That was that was cool. I can do that again tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? So you just there's there's you could listen to a million podcasts about anxiety and social interactions and confidence. It will do nothing for you if you don't leave your house and try to apply the information that's being provided to you. All of this information is meaningless. It's worthless until you experience it in your own life. You can't just listen to what I'm saying and listen to me talk about my personal experiences. That doesn't mean anything. Not to you. Because you might be feeling, yeah, I'm motivated. Tony's right, man. I could fucking do it. And then you sit on the couch and you get back on Instagram or Twitter and you don't do anything to improve yourself, you know. So lead the house. And go engage with people, man, and see what happens. It's really simple. You know, because the more the, the more people you talk to, the better you get at reading other people's behavior, other people's facial expressions, tone of voice, the words that they choose. You can only learn this by interacting with more and more people because everyone's different. You see what I'm saying? So you can't interact with one or two people and assume you know what a particular facial expression means. Or what a particular, uh, let's say, phrase means or body language. You need to get a lot of feedback from many different people to start to have a better idea. You know, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know, but you have to do it properly. You have to pay attention. You have to listen closely and attentively, you know. And you'll see the more people you talk to, the more you learn, right? The more you're understanding changes or grows or improves the more your perspective on things changes you grow as a person you know and then the final question is how much more you could you be if you overcame your fears right what would you be who would you be if you started to overcome all of the fears that are holding you back in life, like just literally sit down and ask yourself that question and think about it. Who could you be? What could you be doing in life? What dreams could you be fulfilling or chasing after if you simply overcame these fears that you let hold you back for years? For years, man. Just ask yourself, what 
how much more you could you be? Because there are so many things that get unlocked and uncovered just by you testing your own boundaries. Right? It's already in there. Everything you need is already inside of you. You just have to go in there and get it. You know? And nobody's gonna nobody's gonna help you do that or do it for you. You see what I'm saying? So it's your choice. You know? But we're at 30 minutes, man. Let's get to uh the next clip and then uh talk a little bit more and then that'll be the episode. All right. So let's play the last clip. I've dealt with lots of people who have anxiety disorders, you know. And one thing about people who have anxiety disorders is they are not mysterious to me. I understand it's it's no problem for me to understand why people have anxiety disorders or why they're depressed or why they have substance use problems. The mystery to me is always why people don't have all of those things at once because everybody has a reason to be anxious. In fact, we have the ultimate reason to be anxious because we know that we're vulnerable and we know that we're going to die. And how you cannot be anxious under those circumstances is a great mystery. It's a massive mystery. And the same thing applies with regards to depression. And then the same thing applies to some degree with regards to drug and alcohol abuse. As I said last week, there's plenty of reasons to drown your consciousness in alcohol. That's for sure. We could refer to the aforementioned anxiety and depression, not least. And so, and the, and the sorts of drugs that people are prone to take are chemicals that take the affective edge off the tragedy of life. So, so back, to, back to the issue of, of, of fear. I mean, Abraham is self-conscious, that's what this commentary says, but the thing is, is he moves forward despite that. He's self-conscious and he knows the danger, but he moves forward despite that. And that's actually the appropriate response in the face of actual non-naive understanding of what constitutes life. Like if you're naive and you move forward, it's like, well, what the hell do you know? You know, there's no courage in naivety because you don't know what there is to stop you. You don't know what dangers you might apprehend, but to be aware of what it is that your problem is. So to be alert existentially, let's say, or to be fully self-conscious means that you're perfectly aware of your limitations and how you might be hurt. And then to make the decision to move forward into the unknown and the land of the stranger. Anyways, that's the, I would say, that's one of the secrets to a good life. And I, I can say that really without fear of contradiction, I would, I would say, because the clinical literature on this is very, very, very clear. What you do with people who are afraid and, and to some degree depressed, but certainly anxious, is you lay out what, what they're anxious about, first of all, in, in detail. What is it that you're afraid of? What might happen? And then you decompose it into small problems, hypothetically manageable problems. And then you have the person expose themselves to the thing that they're afraid of. And, and what happens isn't that they get less afraid. That isn't what the clinical literature ex indicates exactly. What happens instead is they get braver and that's not the same thing, right? Because if you get less afraid, it's like, well, the world isn't as dangerous as I thought it was, you know, silly me. If you get braver, that's not what happens. What happens is, yeah, the damn world's just as dangerous as I thought, or maybe it's even more dangerous than I thought, but it turns out that there's something in me that responds to taking that on as a voluntary challenge and grows and thrives as a consequence. And there's no doubt about this. Even the psychophysiological findings are quite clear. If you, if you, if you, 
impose a stressor on two groups of people, and on one group, the stressor is imposed involuntarily, and on the other group, the stressor is picked up voluntarily. The people who pick up the stressor voluntarily, voluntarily use a whole different psychophysiological system to deal with it. They use the system that's associated with approach and challenge, and not the system that's associated with defensive aggression and withdrawal. And the system that is associated with challenge is much more associated with positive emotion, and much less less associated with negative emotion. It's also much less hard on you because the, the defensive posturing system, the prey animal system, man, when that thing kicks in, it's all systems are go for you, you know? You're, the gas is pushed down to the, or the pedals pushed down to the metal and the brakes are on. You're using future resources that you could be storing for future time right now in the present to ready yourself for emergency. So there's, there's, there's nothing simple or trivial at all about the idea of being called to move forthrightly forward into the strange and the unknown. And there's a real adventure that's associated with that, right? So that's an exciting thing, which is part of the reason why people travel. And then also to see yourself as the sort of creature that can do that, is willing to do that on a habitual basis, is also the right kind of tonic for, I hate this word, for your self-esteem. You know, because the self-esteem has nothing to do with feeling good about yourself. As, as I already mentioned, there isn't necessarily a reason why a priori you should just feel good about yourself. But if you can view yourself acting in a courageous and forthright manner and encountering the world and trying to improve your lot and, and, and taking risks, you know, in a non-naive way, well, then you have something that you can comfort yourself with at night when you're wondering what the whole damn point of, is, uh, of your futile and miserable life. And so, and that's necessary because it's often the case that you wake up at four in the morning, or at least sometimes the case that you wake up at four in the morning when things haven't been going that well and wonder just what the hell the point is of your futile and miserable life. You have to have something real to set against that. It can't be just rationalizations about how, you know, you're a valuable person among others, even though that's true. That's not good enough. You need something that's more realistic to set against that. And observing courage in yourself is definitely one of the things that, that, that can help you sleep soundly at night when, when things are destabilized a little bit around you. All right, so there's a few more things I want to explain or at least talk about after that last clip. And I just want to reiterate or repeat or reinforce the idea that it's totally normal to feel anxious or afraid or nervous or things like that they're normal human emotions right like jordan said it's actually it's actually more difficult to understand why we don't feel like that all the time understanding that we're going to die one day we're vulnerable we're not perfect we're actually quite far from perfect uh there are people that aren't going to like us everything we know and love is going to die one day nothing lasts forever you know Every choice that you make has a huge effect on tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years from now. All of these things naturally will give you anxiety, right? So it's actually surprising and impressive that we don't feel that way all day, every day, or at least most of us don't. So it's totally normal to feel that way. But another thing that Jordan uh, talked about was that it's much more important to get more courageous not less afraid. You see what I'm saying? And there's no courage in naivety. So what does that mean? Naivety is like, um, it's like the trait of being foolish or unwise or not knowing something that you should know, right? 
you're naive you just you simply don't know what you don't know you see and there's no courage in that because if you don't know that this place is extremely dangerous you know and that you might die you might get hurt and you go there anyway that's not courageous because you didn't know that you were in danger so you just made the choice without the knowledge that you know you could get hurt but if you know that this situation is dangerous and let's let's go back to social anxiety particularly if you know that this situation is going to bring you anxiety you're going to be uncomfortable it's scary and things like that but you choose to enter that situation anyway that's courageous and not only that but through that courage that you're demonstrating to yourself you're going to gain more confidence you see what I'm saying? So that's, I think, what Jordan was trying to say when he when he talked about voluntarily taking on challenges, right? You don't wait until the last minute to where you have no choice but to take on the challenge. That's not courageous. That's fearful. You see what I'm saying? You're procrastinating. You're running from your problems. There's no courage in that. But when you identify a problem and you voluntarily you voluntarily choose to take on that challenge or conquer that fear or whatever it is, that's courage. And it's going to give you confidence, right? You, according to Jordan, you use a different, a totally different part of your brain to take on the same challenge when you do it voluntarily. You see what I'm saying? You grow so much more as a person. And that's the difference between being active and passive or dominant and submissive. You see what I'm saying? To just let things happen to you because you're afraid of making any moves or making change or trying things. To just let shit happen to you in life. That's cowardly, man. And I'm not saying like it's 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 a little complex because you might say, oh, just go with the flow, man. You know, life is life. Whatever happens, happens. But that's something totally different. And that's rationalization in this context. You're just trying to make yourself feel better. By using rational ideas or rational thoughts. It's like, oh, well, I have no control anyway. Fuck it, man. I just got to go with the flow. It is what it is, man. Right? That's bullshit. That's bullshit and you know it. You see what I'm saying? So don't don't be submissive all the time. Don't be passive all the time. You, you have the control. You decide whether or not you're going to conquer your fears. You decide who you're going to be every single day. So take an active and dominant role in your life, man. Make the decision. Don't let the decision be made for you by external circumstances, man. It's going to hurt a lot worse in the long run. You know what I'm saying? I think it's much better to voluntarily choose to feel pain, knowing that you're going to feel pain and that you're you're most likely going to survive as opposed to waiting for the pain to come to you. You have no control over when or how or how long or anything like that. That's much worse in my mind. And I've been that person to just let shit happen, you know, be a passenger in my own life. You don't want to be that, man. Life is too fucking short for that. So, you know, make some moves, bro. And not only that, but remember, you have something to offer. Trying to come back to the context of social anxiety and social interactions. A lot of times we feel anxious because we feel like we have nothing to offer in a conversation or in a relationship, in a group setting or anything like that. But you you have things to say. You have things to offer. Everyone does. And if you feel like you don't, 
then get yourself some things to offer. Get yourself some things to say, right? Become a more interesting person. Because some people are. Some people are just fucking boring, dude. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? Some of us are just fucking boring. But that's okay. Because the good news is you can change that. And it's, it's your choice. Right? So learn new things. Step outside your comfort zone. Do shit that you've never done before. You know, have some unique experiences. Don't just do the same shit every day. Then you'll have things to offer. Right? Think about things. Don't just let things happen to you and then let it pass, you know, let it go. Think about it. Reflect on it. What can you learn from your experiences? Those are things that you can share with other people. You know what I'm saying? Your personal experiences, your personal opinions. Right? And you can always, always, always ask questions. Be interested, not just interesting. Be curious. You see what I'm saying? These are the tips that I can give you. I don't even know if I'm making sense, man. I feel like I've been rambling for an hour now. But these are the tips. These are things that I've lived myself that I can share with you that I know for a fact worked for me. You see what I'm saying? We're all different. But at least hopefully now after listening to me and more importantly, Jordan Peterson, you'll uh, have a better idea of how to move forward. You know, because just saying things to make yourself feel better is never going to be a solution to your problem it's never going to be the solution you need to do things that prove the things that you're saying are true hopefully that makes sense man you're never going to feel more confidence or more comfortable in situations without doing things you can't just talk about it you can't just talk about it you know so if you want to overcome your social anxiety man You have to do shit, take action, get out there and test your boundaries because nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to do it for you, man. All right. So I I really was excited about uh, this episode because, like I said, I think social anxiety is something that we all deal with at at multiple times or uh, various times in our life. So hopefully after this episode, you have a better idea of at least where to start on your journey of uh, overcoming your social anxiety. You know, I don't, I honestly don't feel too happy with my performance or with, uh, you know, how clear I was in this episode, but I'll leave that up to you, uh, the listener, hopefully that you found some value in uh, this episode. So I guess we'll get out of here, man. This has been another life an English episode. I just fucked up the outro. My name's Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.